Ayurveda, you know, it translates as something like the science of living. And, but it's really, it's a science and an art. Welcome to In Full Color. In Full Color is a show for creative beings, modern visionaries, and the dreamers of a more colorful world. On this podcast, we enter into a space of inspiration, possibility, and wonder, where we tap into our innate creative power together. Alongside muses, creators, and changemakers like yourself, we discuss the power creativity has to connect us to ourselves and to each other, and to change the world for the better. I'm your host, Amy Lore. I'm an author, artist of all kinds, and personal guide for visionaries who are ready to bring their inspiration to life. This space is devoted to your unfolding, to the light you're here to shine and the life you're here to live. I invite you to bring your fullest self to this moment, all that you are in full color. Hi friends, it is so great to be back here with you. I hope that you have been feeling well and having a really beautiful summer so far. I am honestly still riding high from the release of my book last month. I shared a bit about the book and the process behind it in last month's episode of In Full Color. And yeah, it's just been such a blast and I felt so much support. So thank you to everyone who has been there with me. And if you have not grabbed a copy of the book yet, you can find one at likethesunatmidday.com, which is linked in the show notes, or you can just search Like the Sun at Midday on Amazon and it will come up for you. For this episode, I have Myra Lewin of Hale Pule as my guest. Myra is the founder and director of Hale Pule Ayurveda and Yoga, which is an educational center that shares the healing powers of Ayurveda and yoga in a way that is applicable to modern lives around the world. If you haven't heard of Ayurveda before, it's actually quite ancient. It's thousands and thousands of years old, and it's this uh, system and philosophy and approach of how to create balance in our bodies and our minds and our entire beings. Myra has been doing this for many years, so she gives us a really wonderful introduction into what Ayurveda is, some of the fundamentals of it, and then she helps us apply it to creativity and shows us how using Ayurvedic tools and approaches to create balance in one's being can be so, so supportive of the creative process. It acknowledges just how interconnected every part of our being is. It's a very holistic approach, and this is quite different than the Western approaches that we may be more used to, where uh, we have the tendency to compartmentalize things and really zoom in on one aspect of an entire being. Uh, But Ayurveda acknowledges the way that all these little parts of ourselves are interconnected, and when one thing changes, it affects the entire being. And I find this very idea already so reflective of the creative process. Our creativity does not happen in a vacuum. It's this living, breathing thing that takes inspiration and energy from every part of our lives, even if it's nonlinear, even if it doesn't seem like the two would go together. And our creations affect every other part of our life. Um, so would love to just kind of bring that idea in here of how 
creativity is one integral part of us and it is connected to all our other parts. We will go ahead and jump right into the episode, but I would love it if you could first take a moment to leave a rating. Seeing your five-star ratings really just makes my day. And I also invite you to hit the subscribe. It's a little plus sign in the upper right corner on the Apple podcast. And I believe there's a follow button if you're listening on Spotify. And this way you'll know whenever there's a new episode. I have begun releasing episodes only once a month, so you definitely won't get bombarded with notifications, but you will not let a new episode pass you by. So without further ado, here is the episode. Thank you, Myra, for coming on to In Full Color to speak with us about Ayurveda. I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Oh, thanks so much. It's a great opportunity. Yeah, such a pleasure. Uh, so I've actually studied Ayurveda a bit before. I used to do health coaching and we studied it as a part of my certification program. And it was something that I would guide my clients through. And I would help them discover their uh, balance of Ayurvedic doshas. Everyone always loved it. But I have in the time since transitioned to a more holistic lifestyle style of coaching uh, with a big focus on creativity. And very much to my surprise, I use Ayurveda way more in this style of coaching. And so that prompted me to reach out to you to come on and talk with us about the relationship between Ayurveda and creativity and how Ayurveda can be a really beautiful support for a creative lifestyle. Um, so oh, yes. for you to first just share with us, for people who may have never heard of the word Ayurveda before, what is Ayurveda in your hot take? Ayurveda, you know, it translates as something like the science of living. And, but it's really, it's a science and an art. So the, the science is just for us to understand how we are a part of nature and how being made up of the same elements that nature is made up of, that, um, that there are times where things are really feeling balanced or they feel harmonious. And then there are times when they're not. Ayurveda then came from the Vedas, uh, along with yoga and Jyotish. And these sciences were given to us just as tools for living. And they're something that are, it seems very different than, than what most of us are used to these days. But uh, in terms of creativity and tapping into our true self, it's just amazing. It's like having your favorite piece of art just just blossoming right in front of you that's what ayurveda feels like when you uh when you you take it on as your foundation for living yeah. mm -hmm. i think that one of my favorite quotes about art is that art is just the byproduct of living as an artist of living as <laughs> art <laughs> you know you end up coming up with a painting or a song or a dance and so ayurveda mm -hmm. seems like a really cool reflection of that lifestyle approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in Ayurveda too, we look at life, you know, that, that there are, there are cycles in life. Uh, there are cycles in, in terms of our age and what's, and what is emphasized or what is more easily goes out of balance and that. And there, there's um, a fairly, fairly elaborate description of, of the possibilities as we go through life. But I think one of the most important pieces about it for us is that it is, it is a holistic science. And we're not trained in holistic approach to life in, in the general sense in modern living these days. And, uh, and so it's very different to 
approach things to recognize that everything affects everything else. You know, that I can't just do one thing, whether it's with, it's with my body or my mind or my sense of spiritual connection. To me, that has everything to do with our ability to, to be creative in life, to create. Yeah. So I think this is why it's, it's, uh, Ayurveda is so, so important to us these days so that we can truly come back to ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I've discovered so much in my personal path, the connection between just taking care of my body and my health and well-being and creativity and how when I take care of my well-being, my creativity blossoms. But I've also discovered how my creative practices have been a part of my well-being practice, that active and often expression is a part of keeping my whole self healthy because it is that holistic approach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, when I was a young person, I was introduced to all kinds of creative endeavors by my parents and that, and there was this and that. And I, you know, I just, I didn't like that much of it. It was very easy for me to deal with numbers and things in, in my mind. And it wasn't really until I came to Ayurveda that uh, somebody said to me, no, I, oh, you know, your, your cooking is so creative. Now, my cooking is not fancy. You know, it's not gourmet. Or it's not any of that. And yet it was what helped me discover that creativity in myself. Uh, and, and it came through cooking. So it comes in many, many different forms for us. Yeah, everything's a medium. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So in Ayurveda, we have the, the three doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha. Um, and so I want to go deeper into those in relation to creativity, but could you just give the listeners a little bit of an overview about each dosha? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. So these three doshas are a way of describing the five elements, the five elements of earth, water, fire, air, and what we call the ethers, which is space. And so if we think about us, then we're, we're, you know, we, we, earthiness is our bones and muscles and, and the body tissues and that. And uh, we have plenty of water. We know that there's probably 75% water. And uh, the fire then, well, there's a couple of things. There's the fire of transformation. We eat food and it turns into body tissue. But there's also, for example, if you cut yourself, if you cut your skin, right, it starts knitting back together. Uh, this is that fire of transformation. And, um, and then, uh, then the air, well, we breathe and we know we need to. Uh, and then we have space. There needs to be space in there. So, for example, uh, our joints. Our joints, there is a space there. There needs to be, right? If the bones start hitting each other, we have pain. Or when you, um, when you grow a baby inside and then the, you birth the baby, then there's space. Uh, so there's various ways that that can happen, and there needs to be some, but when there's too much, it, it becomes problematic. And so these doshas then are a way of describing when the amount of those elements in us gets, uh, gets, gets out of balance. There's too much of it, there's too little of it, or it gets aggravated. And so the, the doshas are vata, which is air and space, or ethers, and pitta, which is the fire element with a little bit of water, which is mostly in the form of acids in the body. And then kapha, which is earth and water elements. And so these we're each at conception born with a unique combination of these doshas. 
And then that's our opportunity for balance. And then in utero and, and then after birth, life is happening. So you can think of it as a, as a our state of balance is an arena. It's, it's a small arena. And then we're either, everything we're doing is either taking us away from that arena or toward it. And we could think of that in terms of, of creativity. It's taking us toward our higher self, our true self, or away from it. And then what also happens is that when we're in that arena of balance, then this is where our, our energy flows within us. This is when those doshas or the elements within them are doing their job and they're able to do their job the way they're designed. But when we, we do things that take us away from that arena, then things don't work as well. And then we get symptoms. We get physical symptoms. We get mental symptoms. We have symptoms like depression and that, which I would call a spiritual symptom in a way. It's a disconnection from self. And, and so where then does creativity happen in all of that? Well, the, the, it's, it's very much a part of it. If you think about energy flowing, right? For those of you who are artists and musicians and composers, and it happens, it just happens, right? We don't have to think too much in that. We don't have to, mm, it's nice to have the right situation, but sometimes it just comes, right? And so that's when those doshas then are working together. When all of that's working together, things flow. And if we start thinking about things too much, then it, it gets blocked. The doshas then, vata dosha, is responsible for our creativity. This is where we get the ideas. Pitta dosha is then what allows us to actually execute and finish it. <laughs> and kapha dosha then is the part of us that stays grounded enough to actually do it. So you can see that each of these doshas provides us an aspect that allows us to have creativity. You know, it's interesting because if you think about it that way, it's that those are the things that are required. The dosha, each of these doshas has to have a certain degree of balance in order to, to create a baby, to conceive. So it's the same thing. You could think of it like your creativity is conception. Yeah, yeah creating new life is the ultimate creative act mm -hmm. sure and it's such a good metaphor for a lot of things i just recently created and released a very big creative project that took a long time it had a very long gestation period <laughs> and mm -hmm. after i released it my body needed to just be horizontal for like two weeks i needed to rest um, mm -hmm. and I think that that's just a part of the creative cycle. And that's a lot like a mother who has just had a baby. She needs to stay in bed for a month and just rest and be still and, uh, be nourished. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, in our, in the way the living is these days, you know, uh, many people have become attached to extremes, but in those extremes, and especially with creative people that I've worked with that are doing this as the primary thing in their lives, particularly, you know, that sometimes we get really attached to those extremes. For example, I get my best creativity in the middle of the night, or I have to work on something for four days without sleeping, you know, and those kinds of things. And those are the things that in the moment, something really tremendous can happen. 
but there's there's the the opposite extreme will happen also yeah and so in some ways it doesn't always get us the best results sometimes it's a great way to um, express our suffering yeah because that's what happens when the doshas go out of balance is that's when we experience symptoms and we go in it we'll experience suffering to some degree you know depending on the extent of it when we come to understand the doshas and that mm, there's a principle that we use in nature which is that like qualities attract like qualities and opposite qualities bring balance to a situation if i'm feeling spacey and and maybe a little fearful then i i need to have warm cooked foods and cuddling kind of things rather than raw foods and being out in a crowd <laughs> so, so th those are the kinds of things then that can that make a difference in the balance of the dosha but also they, they make a bit a difference in in our ability to express and to be in life in the ways that we would like to yeah that was a a great example of when a vata might be feeling out of balance of like feeling mm -hmm. kind of spacey and needing to reground through food and touch etc um, and so what if someone's needing to bring more pitta energy to their creation they need to tap on that inner fire to get it done and push through um, but are feeling a lack of motivation what is something that you would recommend there to bring balance yeah you know it's an interesting thing because uh, we can only talk about it in terms of each one of them but in each case what what you would do for one depends on what the other two are doing also yeah, yeah. so so if you're feeling a lack of motivation you know sometimes that can be because there's there's too much kapha dosha or it could be that there's not enough pitta as you just mentioned yeah so uh more likely it's it's too much kapha in in that case and so again you know the simplest things and the most simplest and most powerful are to take a look at the diet you know what are you consuming what are you and i say diet not just what goes in your mouth but what you what you look at mm, eating and drinking is important but what you look at and what you listen to you know these things are extremely important because each time we expose our senses to something then there's a uh, an impression that's made and that energy if we don't if we don't mm, aren't able to process it right then you know say that we say we hear something we hear something really really horrendous it jars us and so there's an element where when the doshas are balanced we're able to process that you know we're able to take what we need from it neutralize it and release it from our space from our energy but when the doshas are out of balance so for example if pitta was very low that's the kind of thing we would take it on and hang on to it uh, and not and it, it wouldn't be able to go anywhere and it, and and when pitta is low like at all then typically vata is going to be high in which case then there's a a sense of disconnection and sometimes for example if something is really horrific or dis difficult for us then one of the ways that we've learned to deal with it is to disconnect yeah and this is vata being in excess mm -hmm. just wanting to float so, up in space <laughs> get away from all this right I'll, <laughs> I'll just drift right out of here <laughs> yeah and so those those are the things uh, to be aware of you know if you 
have particular a particular pattern of, uh, that's going on in that we can take a look at the doshas and see what's happening and then bring the balance there by by bringing in those opposite qualities and and supporting us ourselves yeah. in a different way yeah yeah and i want to just say one other thing about pitta there and that is when pitta's in excess you know we'll we at first we just be amazingly productive go 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 until and but fire if you think about it once it burns everything up all the fuel it burns out and this is something that i see a lot of these days Uh, and so when when creativity is not flowing well we can say things if vata is high it gets too scattered and then vata gets it scattered we're not able to actually produce. And this is where the pitta might be low. But when the pitta gets too high, it burns things up, we burn out, and now we've depleted ourselves. That's, that's what can happen with the excess pitta. And, um, and so that's why we really want to keep things in that moderate territory, as that's, that's where it's the most fun, and that's where things okay. flow. Yeah, having access to the gifts and qualities of all three doshas is so powerful. I've Mm -hmm. had clients before who um, discover their creativity, they're really excited about it, and they spend a lot of time in that more vata space where those, uh, that inspiration is flowing in. And it feels so good for inspiration to flow in, I think partially because a lot of us, at least in the Western world, are a bit disconnected from it. And so to mm-hmm. feel that door open and feel the inspiration flow in is great. But one of the things that I work with people on is like, okay, well, we have, as humans, we have access to these ideas that exist beyond this world, and we have the power to bring them to life through our creativity, through our action, through our choices. And so we can't just live in the idea world and float around. And so part of my job is to ground people down, to uh, bring these ideas down to earth, bring them into the 3D realm, because it's really fun to twirl around in idea land, but our ideas are super powerful. And I think that they're here to be put into action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other thing that happens too, is that when you spend too much time twirling around in the idea world and you don't execute because when you execute, that's when we bring the kapha aspect in, which is, it's what gives us the heart, the, the view of from our hearts. It's what exudes love. And when we can't do that, then that's when depression sets in, right? And that's, that's the high vata that's, uh, that's sort of initiating that depression. So we can see how uh, the sense of balance and imbalance, we might say, you know, that there's this continuum there. And that's that's one I think one of the most important things is for people to get to know themselves on that continuum, and where am I on it, and what do I need to do to care for myself? When we we talk about being in balance, it's important that we don't think of it as one point. <laughs> we could say, okay, it's when you don't have any symptoms, okay, but it's still an arena that we dance in. And what's important then is that we nurture each of the doshas. You know, we might say, oh, I have, my constitution is primarily pitta or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. And that all that tells us is our tendencies. 
but it doesn't define us because we have to remember that we all have all three doshas. We all have all five elements in us. And so we have to nurture each of them. And, and it might seem when one is way out of balance, especially when you first come to Ayurveda, we get really focused on that one. <laughs> and, and it's very important that we, that we pay attention to the, the whole picture. One of the things that is really helpful uh, when coming into Ayurveda is to, re is to let go of the old beliefs about ourselves. And that's not something that happens overnight necessarily. It's a process of discovering what is that belief I have about myself? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm creative in this area, but I'm not in this area. You know, those kinds of things that limit us. And that's, that's, that is, that kind of thinking comes from the dosha being out of balance. And, and many of us have childhood identities, you know, that we've been given. Oh, you know, some parents might say, uh, oh, she's, she's so creative or she's so good at this or whatever. One of the things that can be really helpful is, is uh, to see where you say to yourself or say out loud, I'm not very good at whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and to start you're to see where. Creating oh, your identity in that moment. You're exactly. it and uh, kind of putting up walls around it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, exactly. And so this is something you might say, wow, you know, I feel that way. But as you, again, nurture these doshas toward that state of balance, you could, then it gets easier to, to let go of that view because there's, there starts to be more possibility there, uh, that, that the more and more possibility of who I am. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that, that has a lot to do with why we're here, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that discovery process. I think one of the yeah. coolest things that Ayurveda has given me is just the awareness that we are made of the same fabric, that everything else on the planet, everything else – in existence. I mean, as far mm -hmm. as we know, is made from. And it just reminds me so much of how we're not only connected to everything else, but also that we have access to those powers. And so if I want to really channel that water energy, I can mm -hmm. go into that within myself. I have it within my body. Or if I want to bring that fire, um, and Ayurveda just is kind of like a reflection of like, oh, I, now I can see how that shows up for me and I can know how to work with it a little bit more. So one thing that I speak with my clients about sometimes is it really helps to, uh, if you're going to go into a creative practice just to get the muscles working, to have some kind of a prompt so you don't start with a blank page or a blank canvas, that can be really intimidating. So I'll mm -hmm. often tell people to work with the elements like dance like water or write a poem like a flame would. Um, and so just yeah. working with those primal building blocks, the original creative puzzle pieces is mm -hmm. uh, so powerful. Very. Yeah. Oh, those are great, great ideas. Yeah. 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 Is there anything else you'd like to bring into the conversation? I'm just amazed how deep we were able to go in such a short time. Yeah. There's something that we look at in Ayurveda called the Mahagunas. And these, these are the aspects that are present in nature and everything and within us. And uh, there, there are three, and they're called uh, tamas, rajas, and sattva. Mm -hmm. And so tamas is the negativity, it's the darkness of life, right? So tamas, we think, oh, the darkness of life, I don't want any of that. But actually, this includes our sleep. <laughs> I want to of that. <laughs> yes, and that when, this is when this is when we rejuvenate. Right, this is when the body and the mind rejuvenate themselves. We always have to remember that. 
And, uh, and so we need some of it. And then there's rajas, which is the activity of life, but it's activity that leads to disturbance. Right? And so right amount of activity will, and right kind of activity will take us to sattva, which is the light of life. It's, it's balance, it's harmony. Yeah? It's, it's the beauty, the essence in life. Okay, but wrong kind of, wrong kind of activity, wrong kind of rajas, rajas takes us to tamas. Okay? Uh, wrong kind. Mm, well, we do things that are harmful to society or something like that, or harmful to ourselves. But you could have right kind of activity, let's say, being a yoga teacher, and wrong amount, too much, and it takes you to tamas because it depletes you. And so then you end up exhausted and in that, that darker part of life. So again, it's sort of a continuum. And we have all three, but when we come onto the planet, we are of sattva. Even if the baby comes out with health problems and that, the sattva is there. And if you've been around a baby, you know, it's like, oh, it's just that energy that's so special and sweet. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's I, think, I think, an important thing to start to look at. Number one, because of that depletion, negativity, depressive factor, but that we want to be more aware of that I need the sleep but I need to not overdo the activity so that I, my sattva can show up. And, and, and the other thing too, if you think about people who have sleep difficulties, uh, that again, overactivity actually will bring difficulty to the sleep. I think another way of looking at the energy that we're made up of and how, what can I do to influence that? And all of this then has to do with our creativity, right? You know, our, whatever our actions are, we want them taking us towards sattva. Even if, even if uh, uh, it's, it's uh, expressing something that's disturbing in life. I'm thinking about, I was a, a pianist growing up, and, I, and so you know, some of the classical music is, is very much about the strife and the difficulty of life in, in some parts. But then it flows, right? And so there's that that whole flow. And that, and so um, taking a look at Thomas Rajas and Sattva gives us an idea of that. And it, and it can help us just allow that flow. It's sort of like uh, being on the river and you're either flowing down the river with the current or you're trying to go up the river. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that speaks to how just no part of your experience, your emotions are wrong it can all be a part of your expression and the most beautiful mm -hmm. expression even if it's about something dark or stressful or intense uh, when you're telling the truth it's powerful no matter what it is mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i'm so glad you brought the mahagunas into the conversation it gives me this visual of kind of a, a spectrum and every aspect of our life and living has its own spectrum when it comes to sleep and relationships and career and the way we spend our time, exercise, etc. There's a an underdoing it and an overdoing it. And the balance, we got to find our balance on all of those spectrums. And that balance yeah. is constantly evolving. And so something I've been working with personally lately is just getting better about stopping and checking in with myself. Like, okay, what would bring me balance right now? 
And Mm -hmm. the answer is always there. My body always knows. Intuition will always give the answer. It's just a matter of stopping and asking and reflecting. Mm -hmm. And also kind of having some of these tools really helps to understand the language of the body and understand how the intuition speaks. Yes, yes. And as you said, listening. And I will say one thing too, is that I'm thinking of a client recently and uh, when I first spoke to her, I would have I, I would have said, mm, "This woman is close to need to be maybe need to be put into a psych ward for a while." She was that out of balance, but she was contacting me, you know. So she obviously some part of her was still there, and uh, and and so I explained how when the doshas get extremely out of balance, particularly vata and pitta. You know, it's like we've gone, we've gone so far from that arena where the disconnection is so significant that we lose, you know, we, we're not quite sure about this anymore, about this human experience. But when we can touch ourselves, and in, in this case, I was attempting to get her to touch herself in that, on that, in that spiritual level or in that eternal level, to just, just be willing to make these changes to get yourself back to where you feel sane again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this, this woman recently it worked, you know, it took her a couple of months and she managed not to do any damage, any more damage to herself or anybody else. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, I share that really just to, to say that sometimes, you know, our mind can just get way off. And this is, this is a sign of the dosha imbalance. And so when we, want to bring it back, we can do the simple things to balance the dosha, you know, related to our food and drink and what we expose ourselves to can be as simple as that, as well as treatments and other things that can be done too. But we have the main, we have the main control. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I think one of the greatest gifts in this life is that there's always hope and home is always there for us. Um, we can, we can mm-hmm. always get to back to that place. And I'm being reminded of, I used to live in Hawaii. And while I was there, uh, this native Hawaiian woman told me a story that she was told when she was a young girl. And it's, um, I think, something that's passed down. And they say that when you're born, you're you're a light. That's sattva. <laughs> it's kind of like you said. Mm-hmm. You're, you're like a light, a candle, and a bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. Shining brilliantly, warm and bright. But over time, as things happen in life and as we make different choices, rocks get placed in our bowl. And eventually, if enough rocks get stacked up, it can conceal our light and really dim our light and how it shines in the world. But the good news is that you can always take those rocks back out one by one. And sometimes they're heavy and Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes Mm -hmm. you don't know how you're going to do it. Sometimes you need some help. And I think that something like Ayurveda and many, many other practices and um, wisdom sources are a way to pull those rocks out one by one and come back to realize that original light is always there for us. It is, it, it's never extinguished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I would love for you to let us know how people can stay connected with you and explore what you offer. We're Holly Pule, and uh, we're at hollypule.com. We're a team of people who provide opportunities uh, with Ayurveda and how to come to know yourself and how to have Ayurveda and yoga 
as a as a basis for living. And we're on Instagram and Facebook and all of those places as well. And you've got some podcasts as well, right? I oh yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. And we have a podcast everyday Ayurveda and yoga, and uh, also spark your intuition, which are very short. Um, tools, we'll say tools for managing your energy in life. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so they're short guided meditations to get to know those tools and so that you can get to know yourself. Yeah, that is good medicine for these times, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so before we log off, I would love if you could offer listeners a prompt to create on over this next couple weeks, whatever hmm. the medium is. Okay. One of the very best things that I found is to take the practice, the simplest things that you do in life and, and make them, we'll say make them your yoga practice is what I'll usually say, but make them your focus. So for example, and then do something slightly different. So for example, hmm, you might even hold the toothbrush differently. You might try it in your other hand you know, than, than the one you typically use. Uh, uh, another one would be when cut the vegetables in a different way, just do some different things so that you can let energy flow in new channels mm. within you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just see what are the, the simplest things in life and just, uh, see what, is there another way I could do this just yeah. to open up the mind? That's so great. Yeah, because we do tend to get in our comfortable patterns, which serve, mm. they definitely serve us, but it's good to open up new channels. I think maybe mm. for our artists, you could try painting with your left hand or with a different type of paint or dancers who maybe usually do one style of music, work with another style, things like that. Mm -hmm. Really mm -hmm. to explore this artistically. Yeah, yeah. Another good one too is, cook, is to eat with your hands. <laughs> I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Myra, for sharing your wisdom and your time with us. I appreciate you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. My pleasure. What a wonderful uh, opportunity. I appreciate it very much because uh, creativity is so, so, so important in life. And, and uh, I love that opportunity to yeah. talk about. It. It's you. the juice of life. Absolutely. <laughs> I am so grateful we were able to have Myra come on the show and share her wisdom on Ayurveda. We really just touched the tip of the iceberg in this episode. Ayurveda is fairly simple in its approach of, you know, we got the five elements, we got the three doshas, but you can also go so deep with it. So I love that it is simple and intricate at the same time. If you're wanting to learn more, I definitely recommend looking into Hale Pule and all of their offerings. They've got a lot of wonderful free content on their site and on their podcast, etc. And I shared quite a bit in this episode about my experiences and approaches with my one-on-one -on -one clients. If you are curious about working with me one-on-one -on -one to activate and amplify your creativity and to bring an overall balance and glow to every part of your life, as we mentioned, which is also interconnected. And I think creativity is often the missing piece there that 
really makes things magical. I would love to connect with you. You're welcome to reach out to me via email, amyinfullcolor at gmail.com or shoot me a message on Instagram. Could be an easy way to find me. It's at amyinfullcolor, which you will find in the show notes. We'll have a new solo episode next month and I'm looking forward to connecting with you again there. So if you'd like to be in the loop of when it comes out, go ahead and hit that follow slash subscribe button and you will be notified. Again, if you want to leave a five-star review, that would totally make my day, make my heart smile. And you can also leave a written review, leaving a quick little blurb about what you love about the podcast and just leave me a little love note. I would absolutely enjoy that. I'm wishing you happy creations until next time. Mwah.